Welcome to the Chantel Ray Way, the inspirational way to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting. Remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audiobook, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. I am here with my co-host, who is always amazing, Chris Sykes. Chris, Hello, how are everybody. you today? I'm good, how are you? Good, I want you to tell everyone, people have been asking me like, where does Chris train at? And so I want you to, a couple. I feel like you're quiet yeah, sometimes. Let me introduce, you need to like really- Properly introduce myself. Yes, you do. So I'm Chris Sykes, I'm a trainer at Take No Days Off Fitness and Performance. Uh, it's a local gym here in Virginia Beach area, if you're in the area, well, over here by the uh, Lansdowne Commons area. And uh, I do fitness training. I train athletes. I do a lot of fitness training in the morning, groups and personals. And in the evenings, I do athletes all the way from 10 years old on up to the pro level. Awesome. And today we do have a guest with us. It's Kristen Cuthrell. Um, did I get it right? You did. did. I pronounce yes, it right? You did. Okay. She is a counselor and therapist, um, and she's a renowned author of a book called Snowball Effect, which I have read, which is absolutely amazing just talking about how to be more positive and so we're so excited to have you today thanks for having me so let's jump right in i want to let everyone know today is all about emotional eating and so what we did is we took all the questions and that's why we invited Kristen here because she is a licensed therapist and counselor so we were like we need someone to come in and really help deal with some of these emotional eating questions. The mental, the mental part. Yes. So let's dive right in. Chris, read us our first question. All right. First question is from Lisa in Nashville. Uh, she says, I always thought that emotional eaters were depressed. Girls who sit at home eating ice cream out of the container after a bad breakup. But in Chantel's book, she touches on eating for all kinds of different reasons. When I started to think about it, I realized that I overindulge when I am celebrating. When I was growing up, we planned all of our family time, celebrations, and holidays around food. And now that I'm an adult, I see myself carrying on the tradition. Is this really considered emotional eating, even though I am happy and not depressed? Mm, that's a really great question. Um, Kristen, I'm going to let you answer that to start. Okay, well, that, that really is a good question. Um, I want to start with saying that our brain really can associate... Um, eating with celebrations and it's unless you have a, a particular health problem it's usually not a not a a big deal if those celebrations are every once in a while but if you're celebrating every weekend and uh and those um those times become more frequent it can become well, a problem. well i think part of the, the issue is is that again one of the things we talk about in this podcast and in this show is you eat when you're hungry you stop when you're full. And it's like, you know, we constantly are hammering this point is that we're, we're narrowing our eating window. So we're making sure we're, we're eating when we are, our bodies are physically hungry. And so like, to me, I mean, if you want to have a celebration every night, you know what I mean? Like have the celebration, but, you, but you have to eat when you're physically hungry and you have to stop before you're full. Right. So if you're doing that, then heck, I mean, as long as you're hungry during that celebration, the problem comes in when you're not hungry and now it's just like 
you know, I'm overeating. Well, I think it's... I think people tend to let they you let your guard down. You know, it's like going on vacation and you're in a happy emotion. You let your guard down more when you're celebrating. So where you typically won't eat this, this, and this, now you're starting to eat stuff and you're starting to eat more than you usually do. So I, I don't think eating eating during a celebration is the problem. I think it's more how you're eating and the way, the type of things you, t- you tend to eat so during the celebration. So it's about staying mindful. Right, it's about and staying mindful. Mm-hmm. You, t- you tend to lose, you know, you tend to let your guard down during happy or sad times. You tend to just, like, let's say you just normally eat one slice of cake. Oh, it's a celebration. Let's have three glasses of wine instead of one or three slices of cake instead of one. And, you know, you start to get out of your norm. And I think that's what it was. That's Being true. mindful about what you right. put in into your mouth. Also, there has been some research to show that uh, when we uh, numb out pain and we tend to numb out extreme emotion, sometimes that ex- our brain generalizes and sometimes that extreme emotion can be joy. And our brain doesn't differentiate between the pain and the joy. And all of a sudden we're overindulging in both. Yeah. Well, we created a, qu- a quiz for you guys at ChantelRayWay.com slash quiz. And it asks some certain questions um, that are really, really good. And it really makes you think. And, and the quiz tells you, it's a free quiz if you go there now, and it'll tell you, are you a depressed eater? Are you a stress eater? Are you an angry eater? Are you bored eater, lonely eater, happy eater? What kind are you? So just for fun, let's ask you guys a couple of questions. Of These are com- some of the questions that are on the quiz. It says, if someone disappoints me, I want to eat. What would you say? What, how would you answer that question, Chris? Someone disappoints me, I don't think that affects my eating. Okay. What about you, Kristen? Uh, no, I probably wouldn't want to eat. Okay. For me, I would say yes. If someone does disappoint me, my first reaction is, now I'm getting so much better. So now I am not an angry eater. I'm not a bored eater. That sounds I'm dangerous. Not, huh? Being an angry eater sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a lonely eater or... I'm not as much a happy eater, but I am definitely when I get depressed or if I get stressed, those are my two areas that I have to consciously say to myself, okay, we got to stop right now. We have a problem. I cannot eat. I'm not physically hungry. I cannot run to food at this time. That is those two areas. So you are being mindful. You're observing what's going on within your body. Yeah, but it's, it's not, I've gotten all those other areas kind of dialed in with my intermittent fasting, these two are still, still Yeah, because I think issue. for me it would be depressed and bored. I think any bad, so not necessarily disappointment. Uh, I guess it depends on what type of disappointment. I guess that can go in the same category, but I think depressed and bored would be my two. Well, you've said over and over, bored is a big one Bored, yeah, if I'm in the house, if I know I'm going to be like a lazy Sunday, I don't have any plans, I'm in the house all day, that's probably <laughs> going to be my bad day. I, I'm just, so, I think mine's bored. So so with stress, it says, when I'm going through a stressful time at work, i.e. a tight deadline, I find myself snacking more. Would you say if you're stressed, mm, you're going to be... I stress, I eat less, actually. I guess I'm mm-hmm. opposite. I, 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 I tend less, to eat less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, go on to ChantelRayWay.com slash quiz and go through and see which kind of eater you are. And we can, well, it kind of gives you the solutions for it. Let's read question number two. Um, Kristen, why don't you read that one? My question for you is about emotional eating. How can I tell if I'm eating because I am truly hungry versus eating because I feel a certain kind of way? I do pretty good with my eating during the week, but come Thursday or Friday, I am stressed. I just want to go home and raid my pantry. My friend told me this is called emotional eating. 
I can't be the only one who struggles with this, right? How do I identify when I am doing this? And that's from Astrid in Maryland. That's a strange name, isn't it? I'm glad you said cool. it because I was going to say Astrid. It's Astrid. Maybe it's Astrid. Maybe it's Astrid. It's kind of cool. I like yeah. it. Um, well, what would you say, Kristen? Well, I would say to first, again, I'm going to bring back the mindfulness thing. Uh, be mindful of when you're most vulnerable. Um, Astrid, I, I'm sorry if I'm not, not pronouncing the name correctly, um, seems to be most vulnerable on a Thursday or Friday um, when feeling stressed. So it's important to know when you're most vulnerable. I mean, I think she answered, or oh, she or he, what was that, I think a female you're name? You're not alone. Yeah. So I think I think answer their own question because they said Thursday and Friday, whatever happens during Thursday and Friday during their job obviously gets more stressful during those days, and that's when they tend to go home and eat. So obviously it is emotion, something outside of the kitchen, outside of your hunger causing it because you don't have it Monday through Wednesday Absolutely. or Saturday or Sunday. So obviously I think you know that whatever happens at your job on Thursday and Friday that stresses you out causes you to do that. So I th it's definitely a form of emotional eating. And well, to come up with a healthier alternative mm. uh, to treat the stress. Well, I want to bring this a little bit back to a, a Christian perspective for just a second because I believe that overeating can be an enslaving sin. And what I mean by an enslaving sin is, number one, if you've tried over and over and you can't break the cycle, number two, you say to yourself, like, I don't want to do this, but I can't help myself. I keep doing it over and over again. And then third, <clears throat> excuse me, I have this terrible cough. And third is, I need to figure out how to break free, but I can't seem to. So when you have this area in your life where you can answer those three questions and you say, look, I really want to break free of this. I don't know how to do it. That, in my opinion, is what I call an enslaving sin. You are enslaved to it. You are in bondage to it. And so if you want to break free from it, um, one of the things I talk about is that I'm writing a new book and I talk about that the first thing you have to do is write down some of the lies that you're continually saying to yourself. So for example, it's been a long day. I earned it. I really worked. Like Allie says that she says this, like when she works hard at the gym in the morning with Chris, she, the, one of the lies that she says to herself is I worked out really hard with Chris this morning. I deserve it. So we got right? to throw, throw that one out. <laughs> That's my whole. Right. That's a lie. That's a lie. <sighs> or, you know, I already overate for lunch. So yeah. now I'm going to just eat so the this whole day for dinner. Now I'm I, think that's the, I think that's the that's huge, huge one. That's a huge I'm lie. one donut. I might as well have three. Uh, my, yeah, I will tell you one big one for me. Um, and Chris can cover his ears, but it's, it's that time of the month for me. Because the week before, I'm, the week before my period, I am like ravenous. And I literally want to eat everything but the kitchen sink. And so then I almost use it as an excuse. Like, right. well, it's that time of the month. Like, I have an excuse to just overeat. Which, by the way, I say this every show. The Bible says, put a knife to your throat if you're given into gluttony. Okay? It's just as bad as if you stole something from someone else's house. You wouldn't dream about stealing something from someone's house. Why would you dream about overeating? That's great because we can. It's amazing how we can come up with excuses to fall back on our unhealthy coping mechanisms. So another one is like, I don't want to waste the food. Right. And, and you have to have things to like kind of counterbalance it, right? Like if you, if someone's, I know I, 
people say, well, you know, people are starving in Africa. You don't want to waste the food. Well, guess what? You're going to waste it on your hips or you're going to waste it in the trash can. That's right. Which one? That's right. That's right. What, what other things do you think that are really good things that people kind of say, like that people, like these lies that we're talking about? Um, I think people can say, you know, I'm on vacation right now, uh, or well, like we talked about earlier, this is a celebration. People just look for excuses to reward themselves, even if it is uh, with an unhealthy behavior. Yeah, I think another one is like, I've eaten clean all day, so now I need to reward myself with junk food. Mm-hmm. Or a big one, I bet, for people, Chris, is like, I'll work it off later. Yeah, I think I think you know justifying all of those. Yeah, but that's the big one I hear. I think the uh, the domino effect one that uh, I think that's the biggest one I hear in the training. You know, being a trainer for the last few years, people you know you had a bad lunch, you overate breakfast or whatever, or maybe you broke your fast early. You know, since we talk about a lot of intermittent fasting, this is what we recommend. You know, if you're supposed to have a 16 hour fast. You're not supposed to eat till two o'clock and you ate a handful of something at 11 o'clock. Oh, I broke my fast. Well, it's just all downhill from here. Like one bad event shouldn't lead to a whole domino effect of, you know, your whole day or, or your whole or week. Or people who are out. on vacation. Like I'm on vacation right now, so then I think I can just eat anything I want. Well, it goes into when you say, you know, I, I, I broke my fast, so I'm going to break it all day or I already messed up this morning, so I'm going to break it all day. It kind of goes into that... Um, all or none thinking, which right. you know goes into what Chantel was saying. We need to really uh, be mindful of the lies we tell ourselves in going into that all or none thinking. It's not an all or none, you know. It's just not. So, like, what about like I'm so tired? That that's a big one for me. Like sometimes you might say, "I'm so tired. I need like an energy boost." Well, that's a total lie because food is. Food is not going to give you an energy boost, especially if you're not actually hungry and you're using it for something else. It's going to actually make you more tired. Absolutely. You know, the big ones I see, uh, another one is uh, when you tend to eat a food that you don't normally eat, so you really think, oh, I can overindulge. Like if you don't normally eat red meat and you finally eat a hamburger or you you go to a steakhouse or something like that, that's another big one, you know. So I'm going to share a secret with you guys, and I literally don't tell anyone this. Um, but I'm now telling everyone. <laughs> um, but my family's from Iran, and I my my dad's side is my mom's American. But I never like telling people that because people think, oh, she's like you know terrorist or Muslim or you know how people have that like in their mind. But anyway, my my family on my dad's side is Iranian, and they make like the best food. So when I go see them, I always tend to overeat because in my mind I say. I'm never going to get this Iranian food again. Like this is like a one. Yeah. Yeah. I got to enjoy it while I'm here. And I always end up overeating or like, if you go to a restaurant, you don't go into a long time. Like what's your favorite restaurant? What would you say? Oh, I have so many of them. Like one of my favorites is Havana's. Oh yeah. I love that place too. What about you? Um, I got ADD when it comes to taste. Uh, I like Aldo's too. Mm -hmm, I love Aldo's. Aldo's. Uh, What's what's the Italian one in town center? Why not? Nah, Bravos. Bravos. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. I like. Um, so anyway, once you once you write down all these lies that you're telling yourself, then you need to really like take personal responsibility um, because a lot of times people just are constantly blaming. Do you see this at all, Kristen? Where 
like they're they're blaming their their overeating on other people. Have you had people in counseling kind of talk to you about this? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We can come up with, um, like we said, all kinds of different excuses of why we overindulge, but we can also blame other people. So and so let me down. So and so disappointed me. If they had not done this, and we say, you know what? All you can be responsible for is your reactions. Yeah. You know. That's what about the husband or the kids? Oh. I hear that all the time. Right, but we're, we, what we try to get through to uh, folks going through this is we are responsible, no matter what other people do, we're only responsible for our reactions. Um, and then I think you need to like really share the problem with other people. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, we need to confess our sins to others. Yeah, I think that's the big one, knowing that you're not, because I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm the only one that kind of thinks like this or justifies this part. And then, you know, if you talk to somebody, I don't care if it's in the Facebook group or your friends or wherever at work, and you, you find out three, four of the people in your, you know, immediate circle might have the same problems. Like, oh, yeah, when I'm stressed, I go home and get a pizza and I do this. And then y'all can kind of talk about it for a second. Well, we have a group. We have a Facebook group. We'd love for you to join us. If you go to ChantelRayWay.com, you'll see the Facebook group and ask to join. It is a closed group, but all you have to do is ask to join and we let you in as long as you're not like creepy or crazy. Then we let you stay in, right? And then you can share with other people kind of some of these different things. And you'd be surprised. Like all of a sudden you put one post up, you think, you know, nobody's going to end. All of a sudden 10 people under there have the same exact issues and, and, and problems with certain foods and certain things that you do and you're going to feel it's a whole lot easier when you have teammates on your side. And, and you know one important thing I wanted to bring up because when you're sharing like that it takes away some of the shame mm -hmm. and I, I want to say to people that may uh, fall into this category of emotional eating uh, be aware of what you say to yourself and how you criticize yourself because let me tell you what shame brings more emotional eating. Right. If we shame ourselves you know, rather than just get back on track, yeah. um, we are going to want to uh, numb out that emotion, which brings more eating. Yes. Well, and I also think we need to get rid of some of the negative influences in our life. You know, it's easy to see, like, like if you had a problem with drugs, obviously you'd say, look, your friend Bobby is doing drugs. You're trying to quit drugs. You got to get away from Bobby, right? Right. But, like, if you have a friend that's constantly overeating and encouraging you to, like, you know, go to the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> well, that's the biggest problem I see in training is uh, the wife or the husband is trying to make a lifestyle change, uh -huh. and the other half is still eating, however. So, so that's the biggest, you know, you got the same household. Y'all don't have any issues other than, okay, I'm trying to make this lifestyle change, but my other half isn't. We need to get that a lot of times when I work with couples and one's trying to stop drinking. Right. The other okay, drinking. yeah. And so it's like you got to have an environment. So you got to be around people that really care about you. You know, like if Chantel was, you know, if she's like, I have to lose 50 pounds. I wouldn't bring Krispy Kreme donuts. You know, I don't care if I have an eight pack but, and I'm but 140 again, pounds. But, I would, but again, I what we talk about, but here's the thing. This is the beauty of intermittent fasting. This is the beauty of what we talk about is, you know, if you want to eat half a donut, you can have a half a donut. Or even if you wanted to have a whole donut, the whole point is, is that we are, we're trying to live a healthy lifestyle. 80% of what we're eating is clean. 20% is whatever I mean, more you like want. your weakness food. Like, you know, if you, let's That's say true. you overeat, let's say, say donuts was your favorite food in the right. world. I don't need to bring that around you daily. That's true. You know what I mean? I don't need true, to yeah. encourage you daily like that. I agree. I agree. So, well, step four is get rid of negative influences. I guess if it's your husband, we are not trying to promote divorce Try here. to keep him around. <laughs> Try to keep him around. <laughs> 
That's funny. Put them on probation. Um, but I think, but I put down step five is to flee the temptation, um, which I think is so important. Like, Run out of the house? Yeah. Like go upstairs. Like for me, I will tell you this. Me being in the kitchen is just not a good idea. I need right. to spend as little time in the kitchen as possible. There need to be some no food zones. Yes. Like, no, yes. like you never eat in your bedroom. I never eat so in my bedroom. If you're one ever, these, ever, ever. If you're one of these people who sits on the couch and can't sit in, on the couch without eating, have some no food zones like the yes. bedroom. And on the, on those I think anywhere you're real comfortable, you're less likely to get about your bed. And go downstairs, you know, if you have a two-story to get food. You know, once you're comfortable in bed and stuff like that, you're less likely. That's your no-food zone. Mine's, you, you're mine's, not going, you know. I'm not going downstairs. Yeah. My bedroom to my kitchen is actually. You don't like bring any food upstairs. You rarely, <laughs> yeah, you're rarely gonna go there if you don't have any food with you. You know, if you bring a bag of chips up, there, then yeah, you're probably munch through the whole thing while you're comfortable. But if you don't bring mm-hmm. anything with you, you're I not likely to get up. I never eat in my bedroom. Yeah, see, and and the thing is, is our brain gets wired in a certain way. And if our brain has been wired because we've done it so much, where the family room and the couch means the bag of chips. Yes. I was about to ask you, can you, does your brain associate? Your brain associates it. And if you have those no food zones, like the bedroom, your brain is not associating that with food. So it's, you're not going to have the urges you will have, you know, on the couch, if that's where you're used to eating. Well, my, my number one trigger when we used to be that when I came home from work, Every time I came home from work, I would get a snack. Whether I was hungry or whether I didn't, my brain was, my wired, brain was wired to just get go home, take a snack, and then I would always taste all the dinner. You know what I mean? I'd have like 10 bites of tasting. Then by the time it came down for dinner time, I wasn't hungry anymore, but then I felt like I needed to eat because I was sitting with everyone. Now it's dinner time, so I needed to notice that. Um, but the next step that I wrote down was to quote God's word. Um, you know, we are going to list some Bible verses for you. Um, you know, if you are struggling with eating, the number one thing that you can do is to fast with intensity and really pray that God delivers you from this thing. And my next book is going to be all about biblical fasting. doesn't matter what your issue is, whether it's, um, lust or sex or this or, you know, whatever it is, our, our number one goal is to to go to God. So anyway, Kristen, what other advice do you have that you can do to kind of control yourself with the emotional eating? Um, get to know your triggers. Know what they are. Be mindful of, of what what is going on. Um, do a lot of self-talk. Observe what you're feeling. Um, describe it to yourself. And, you know, do it with a non-judgmental attitude. I go back to that shame, and the research is there. Um, When we shame ourselves, we tend to want to numb out that emotion, and then we go back to unhealthy behaviors. So uh, just really being, uh, uh, increasing your awareness. All right, let's move on to our question number three. Court in Virginia Beach says, I live a hectic lifestyle, I am so I intentionally try to allow myself some downtime at least one day a week, one day during the weekend. The problem is that when I'm at home chilling on the couch, I can't stop eating. What are some ways that I can unwind and relax without overeating? Chris, pay attention. <laughs> oh, no, I was, uh... This is his issue, right? No, I'm joking you. Um, okay, so... What would you say are some kind of tips that sh- that she needs to do? Um, we just talked about so the brain associating. So for you know the couch is is, is a is a 
you know, like a greedy zone for her. She might have to find other ways to unwind, either outside the house or She might have to another. make the couch. Yeah. The, she might have to say, my boundary is the ca- I cannot eat when I'm on the couch. If that's an area that you're overeating, would you say that would be a good thing where you've created a boundary that you say, I can't eat here? Absolutely, but this is important to know. The first few weeks of doing that, there may be some anxiety, some angst feeling. You're sitting there on the couch. Your brain is wired to know that you have, you have that bag of chips. It goes with the couch. So you're going to be sitting there feeling a little fidgety for a while. So you have to be aware that that will pass. You got to, in our field, we call it ride the wave, ride the wave mm-hmm. of that emotion. Because if you sit on that couch long enough without that food, your brain will no longer associate the couch with the food. <laughs> So, so one of the things I need to do is back to the kitchen. So when I'm in the kitchen, I'm a snacker in the kitchen and I'm standing. So I could make, I could say to myself, okay, when I'm in the kitchen, I can eat, but I have to make myself a plate and I have to sit down. Can't eat straight from the bag. I, have, I cannot, yeah. I cannot stand and eat, but, but I keep saying that to myself, but I'm not actually doing it. So I might need to make like some kind of like little mini poster or post-it notes. Absolutely, there's something called neuroplasticity. And we, we used to think, or scientists used to think the brain, when the, once the brain was wired, it was wired, you couldn't change it. Now we've discovered that you can change it, you can actually change your wiring. So you're gonna have to do that long enough. Make that poster. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have to go, stand and not eat long enough to where you do that, you rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. But the number one thing that will truly change your life with, with our podcast is really the fact that you are teaching yourself that when I'm physically hungry, when I hear my stomach growling, then I can eat food. When I am not physically hungry, I cannot eat for any of those other reasons. Stressed, bored, I think that was the biggest change that like intermittent fasting helped me with because it used to be uh, you never like I I, I would finish a workout like well I need to eat and I wasn't, you know, maybe I wasn't hungry this day. I was like, well, I, I need to eat. Or oh, I'm about to go to the gym. Well, I need to eat because I'm going to be there for three hours. Or yeah. Sometimes dinner time, like, I'm not hungry. So, you know, like, it, it, I, I, I got out of that uh, putting meals in categories. You know, I had to eat before I started this. Like, now I just, if, it, if I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry. You know, I just don't eat. You know, if I'm hungry, I'm hungry. You know, it's not every single day I need to eat right after my workout. It's not every single day I need to eat right before the gym. Some days I do, some days I don't. But I think that was the biggest change I've made with intermittent fasting. It's is, huge. It's it's, it's it's the most important thing my that my body, I've taught my body through the intermittent fasting because I've allowed myself to get hungry. So now I know and I've learned when I'm physically hungry and when I just want to eat. That's yeah. great. Head hunger versus heart hunger is such, I constantly you ask can tell myself. The, and you can tell the difference. Yeah. yeah. When am I, when is my, when do I have true stomach hunger and when do I have heart hunger? Meaning head hunger, heart hunger means I'm not physically hungry. I just want to eat. Right. I, my heart needs it. My head needs it. Right. And asking yourself that question. All right. Question number four. It says, after reading Chantel's book where she talks about triggers, I have no doubt that I eat emotionally. How do I stop? Kate in Virginia Beach. So it's kind of the same question. I think we've talked about it. Any other last thoughts that you can think of that could could help? Chris? Uh, as far as emotionally, uh, just change your environment. Like uh, I think we talked about the brain associating. You know, you got to realize first that your brain associates certain sites with certain foods. Um, 
like just like smells and everything. So I think definitely changing the environment. You know, if the couch, like kitchen's your weak place, the couch was uh, our, the previous question's weak place, you know, you got to start changing that environment right so there. we're we're doing a four-week class starting next tuesday um and if you sign up for that class it's basically group coaching sessions and it's um 49 but if you put in a um chris has a little tag that says um like a coupon code and if you put in chris i've made it <laughs> just put you in the, the name code. Chris if you, you, hear it, you get an additional $10 off um, and this is where we're going to hold you accountable to and the thing we're going to hold you accountable for is when you're hungry did you eat when you're hungry or did you eat for every other reason and honestly it's so much for the people that are starting it because you know I get questions about nutrition every single day it's so much easier in a group, you know, a group setting like this, you know, 49 bucks. And how, how long is the, how long it's is four the, weeks. Four weeks. And we're guaranteed. That's going to give you the head start. That's going to give you the perfect push start that you need to make the whole change that you, you don't have to do it by yourself. That's the, that's the most beautiful thing about it is that you got, it's 10 times easier doing it with people going through the same thing. Everybody's starting at the same time. So y'all hungry at the well, same time. Well, every person in our last four-week class lost a minimum of 10 pounds. Oh, that's That was awesome. the minimum that they lost. So we are going to do a guarantee. Um, you know, when you sign up, we're going to, at a minimum, if, if you have 10 pounds to lose, some people may only want to lose five or whatever it is. If you don't lose the weight that you want to lose in a minimum of 10 pounds in that four weeks, then you get your money back. That's how sure we are. Most people, Thank most people know. lost 14 pounds, 15. It all depended on what they, how much they wanted to lose, right? But the minimum someone lost on that last one was 10 pounds. So wow, it's That's we'll give impressive. you your money. If, yeah. We'll give you your money back if you don't, if you don't lose it. That's how powerful these um, do. All right, you want to read question number five, Chris? All right, from Denise in Hampton. She's trying to do the 80-20 rule where she eats 80% clean foods, but sometimes when I'm, she's trying to lose weight, she will do 100% clean eating. I end up feeling deprived, which results in binge eating. I guess she wants to know how to stop that. I think, obviously, she, I think once again, she just answered her own question. Because um, uh, like, you know, I've talked about before, I got a big sweet tooth. I probably got the biggest sweet tooth here. And I know I've tried it before. Maybe I just don't buy sweets. And I'll go a whole week or two without sweets. And then what's going to happen? Mm. I'm going to get a pack of cookies in. Devouring. Yeah, it's a murder scene. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know I'm best. I'm actually better when I have multiple sweets in the house because I don't binge out. Like, I, I can eat one pack and be, yes, you know, be. I agree so 100%. I think the 80-20 rule, what she talked about, she needs to go back to that, make sure she's not doing 100% clean, you know, uh, <laughs> Whatever your comfort foods are, the foods that you enjoy, make sure you build those in throughout the week. So that, because you want, you want a constant, let's say, let, I don't know if she's trying to lose gain, whatever, but let's say she's trying to lose weight. You want a constant, you know, like if it's, if it's like a, 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 you know, a line chart, you want a constant decline. You don't want to have all these peaks and valleys where I lost five pounds this week, but I gained five pounds this next week. Then I lost six, then I gained three. You know, you yeah, want to have a constant. I, thing. I 100% so build those foods. It's better agree to lose with one or two pounds a week than to lose eight pounds this week it's the only way you can do it you you cannot if i deprive myself where i say i'm not having this then all of a sudden i'm just thinking about it thinking about it thinking about it and if you think about people all the people that i interviewed i interviewed over a thousand women and almost i would say at least 90 percent of them said that they ate something bad almost every day. So like I had one girl who literally ate a regular size Snickers bar 
every single day. Like that was her thing. She ate a Snickers bar because she said it satisfied her. She felt like she just loved a Snickers bar. Like that was her thing. She ate clean most of the day, but that was her one thing. She loved a frozen Snickers bar and she had it every single day and she was a stick. Well, <laughs> it has to be sustainable. The only time I can ever remember going 100% clean for an extended amount of time, I gained every pound back plus some. Plus some. Yeah, it's just you can't. It's a horrible it, way to it, be. Absolutely. And plus it you want to enjoy life. Like, you know, as soon as I tell you you can't do something, you start thinking. If I tell you, you know, Chantel, you can't backpedal across the street, something that you don't even care about, you'll start thinking about it. You know what yeah. I mean? So anytime you tell yourself, I can't do this, I can't do this, your brain just wild and think about it. You know? Kristen is so thin. She's very, very thin. Um... But and, you and I were talking, I love my nachos. And I just, yes. you know, I'm going to try I'm gonna try to eat clean and healthy most of the time. But every weekend, I go out for yourself. nachos. Yeah, you got to yeah. enjoy yourself. You know, that's the whole point of this intermittent fasting thing is that you're able to enjoy yourself within reason and still get the results that you want. All right. Chandra in Richmond says, I am a Christian and I feel like this is one area I'm really tempted in. When I get really stressed... I find that I keep turning to food. How do I quit it? And again, we've we kind of lumped all these questions in, you know, together and we've kind of we've kind of talked about this, but I will tell you, you know, the Bible talks about fasting over 70 times. And if you want to um, free yourself from the bondage of food, fasting is, in my opinion, one of the secret weapons of someone who's a Christian to, to break free, whether it's from drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever it is, fasting is one of those areas where you can really pray to God and say, God, I need complete healing on this. And if you want to know more about biblical fasting, go to ChantelRayWay.com slash fasting. And I talk more about this idea of biblical fasting because intermittent fasting and biblical fasting are two different things for sure. Um, when you're doing biblical fasting, you're you're fasting for a purpose. Um, and when you're a, like a biblical purpose or to free you from something or clarity and there's all kinds of different things. But the intermittent fasting is really for weight loss in, in specific. All right. Well, we are out of time. Thank you guys so much. Any last minute oh, thoughts, um, Kristen, that you can give us to kind of, they all, all the questions were kind of the same, but anything else that you can give us on kind of tips on this whole idea of emotional eating? Well, I, you know, I wanted to go back real quick to the 80, 20 rule. Uh, when you're on that 20, you know, when I'm eating my nachos, I'm very careful not to shame myself. And, and when I start feeling guilt, I talk myself out of it. Um, because again, I go back to, uh, shame leads to more emotional eating. And if you're eating clean and healthy 80% of the time, let yourself have something that you're really desiring 20% of the time. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and I will tell you this, and you know, in my book, I talk about the 80, 20 rule, but I will tell you, I have some friends that literally they're more like, and they are in superb health. My aunt is a perfect example. She's like, a hundred pounds. She's so thin, but I will tell you, she eats more like 50, 50, I would say like 50% clean, 50%, you know, whatever she wants, but it's just her portion sizes. She's just not eating huge amounts of food, but she eats whatever she wants. So I do personally think 80, 20 is, is the balance that you need to be at. But at the same time, 
If you're following the principle that you're only eating when you're hungry and you're stopping before you're full, those are the two giant principles that can never, ever be broken. And, and you'll be safe. And the big thing with that 80 rule, the 80% doesn't have to be plain, nasty food. Like, yeah. there's plenty of good ways, even nachos, there's plenty of good ways to make it fit where it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's the most make healthiest thing. Oh, yeah. Make it healthier. You know, that's you a great point. You can get plenty of vegetables. Like, it's say nachos. You can get plenty of vegetables on those nachos with your chicken, chicken and, and, yeah. and cheese and whatnot. Like, there's ways to make it. And you have you tried these new? It doesn't have to be. That is a good thing. point. Great job bringing it today. I mean, he's on fire there's today. Even, there's even healthier chips. Yeah. yeah so there's these you new. Know. I'm going to put them on my things that I love on the site. If you go to Chantal Rayway, Com. There's a link that's called Things I Love. There are these nacho chips that are grain-free. You buy them from Whole Foods. Have you ever had them? I haven't. They are delicious. They're made with vegetables, and they're just they're grain-free. And so they're paleo, and they are amazing. What what do you, what else is your favorite thing that you like love that's super healthy, but you just think it tastes like a million bucks? Do you have any? That's super healthy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love vegetables. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love any kind of, just give me a spinach salad. Mm -hmm. I love vegetables. Mm -hmm. What about you, Chris? You can follow that up somehow. Sell that. <laughs> sell that. Make people love vegetables. Um, that's healthy. Um, I don't know. I think cucumber um, cucumber salad. It's just cucumbers and vinegar. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really a, a big snack of mine. Mm -hmm. That's probably my main. That's super healthy, I think. That's probably my main one. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, we are out of time. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. And we love to hear from you. If you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com. And again, remember, if we don't get to your question, we will save it. And it might be a couple weeks, but we will answer it. Thanks so much for your time. We'll see you next time.